Dancing, fighting, fucking crying, drinking, squirting, judging, ranting, camping, writing, thinking, scheming. This is the way, it's the way that we live. It's the way that we live. And I Hi, I'm Drew. And I'm Annalisa. And I'm Reese. And this is to Ellen, Ellen back. back. Generation, Generation U. Edition. U. edition? I used to say edition. Doing the edition. I like that we're sticking with edition. <laughs> uh-huh. I say I say edition. Yeah. I do the edition of edition. Mm-hmm. Um, well, here we are. Mm. Another another episode of Ooh. the Our Generation Q, the uh-huh. sequel to the original <laughs> series that changed so many lives. Yeah. I love changed lives. Yeah. I love gay changed lives, yeah. especially. Um, this episode is episode 203. Uh, it is called Luck Be a Lady, which um, <laughs> is actually the name of my favorite episode of the original L Word. Really? Yeah. Episode 406? Episode 406 is my favorite episode. It has the bet Jody sex scene. Mm. It has like fun poker. It also starts with the like the oh, really great yeah, the Angela Robinson chain. like phone chain. Like it's an incredible episode of television. You're correct. Yeah. Um, either way, it is a pretty um, it's a pretty bold move to name this episode after an original series episode, especially one that is so good. Um <gasps> Yes, Reese. She's raising her hand. That's why I just called her. <laughs> um, okay, you guys, this is episode 203. And what's 203 times two? Ooh, 406. Whoa. Okay, you're getting wow. to like Taylor Swift I Easter like- egg level mm-hmm. situation. Is that relatable to anyone or just me? <laughs> I got the reference, I think. <laughs> um, this episode is also directed by Marja. So is she directing the entire season? Like, Like a... You know, I don't know, but so far, three, she's directed the first three. Um, this episode is written by Maisha Clausen, who um, has written on so much television, written Claws, How to Get Away with Murder, That's So Raven, yes. long career of TV writing. Um, That's So Raven. And, Thank you for including that. Yeah, you know, it seemed <laughs> important. Um, and yeah, and so I'm assuming because of the name of the episode and because of what happened in the original Luck Be a Lady, there's going to be some poker in the front. Exactly. Uh, should we get into it? Let's yes. Do it. Let's do it. <laughs> we start with Angie. She got her DNA test results back and she is excited to check them. And um, math time. She, math. Yeah, I, I wasn't as <laughs> Uh, yeah. So what? Keep, yeah. What do you want to say? As the resident math person on the show, on the podcast. Thank you for taking that on. <laughs> yes, I'd like to submit for your evaluation the following puzzle. Angie has a mother, biological mother and father. The mother is Tina Kennard. Yep, I'm with you so far. The father is Marcus Allenwood. I've seen mm-hmm. the first season of The L Word. A father's genetics cannot comprise more than fifty percent of the whole makeup. Mm-hmm. Right. So Weist, I must ask, <laughs> why, therefore, is Angie 51% Sudanese, 20% European, 22% Native American, and 7% other regions? 
Hmm. Uh, feels like whoever was in charge of that graphic uh-huh. thought that Bet carried Angie. That is that would be the leap that I think that I would make. And look, it takes a lot of people to make a television show, <laughs> and sometimes things like that happen. I don't think there's actually an explanation. I'd rather I prefer that explanation. I'd prefer the mistake explanation right. than the Tina having Native American heritage. Tina gets her yeah. DNA, her like twenty three mini back, and she's like, "I'm three percent Sudanese, actually." Oh, and oh, yeah, woof. I don't want to live in that world. Tina's bad enough. Show us Tina's test. Yeah, now I want to see every single person <laughs> again. Famously anti twenty three and me, but I would like yes. to see fictional twenty three and yeah. me's from all of these people. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, I can't imagine that any of our main characters. Well, not maybe any of them, but I'm just thinking like Tina, Alice, like I, I, them getting a twenty three and me test. There's just so many ways that <laughs> that could go wrong, and I'm really trying to stick with these characters uh, as opposed to getting frustrated with them. So you know, I'm gonna call this a win that we maybe don't get the details <laughs> right. of of the various characters. Um, the really exciting thing about this is that Angie already has a message from someone named Kayla Allenwood, who is a relative of hers. So it happens really fast. It happens as though yeah. like these tweens have the 23 Me <laughs> app on their phone and are like immediately responding to every match they get. Gen Z stands for generation genetics. Great. Point. With a Z at the end. Genetics. <laughs> Right. Yeah. ZNA. That sounds like a really bad sci-fi novel. (laughs) So speaking of, you know, not speaking of really bad sci-fi novels, um, because Finley and Sophie are talking, but not about sci-fi novels. They're talking about shitting your pants. And, you know, it's fine. But what's really the, the, really the main thing is that Finley and Sophie are like cackling and having the time of their lives together. Dude, so you're telling me you never shit your pants. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, dude, I shit my pants in a CVS. No, you did. I shit my pants in my own bed. Yeah, I have problems. Why do you think I'm coming in here in such a fucking hurry all the time? And uh, you know, that's that's really that's really nice to see after all this time. They're sweeping. Yeah, they're cleaning up. It's cute. Yeah. I wouldn't per- again. Every, I feel like every conversation about the hour, I'm like, I wouldn't have said this in my <laughs> life, but sure, fine. <laughs> If I'm Finley and I think I may be in love with Sophie, but we haven't actually become a couple yet, like I might not talk about how many times I've shit my pants, but <laughs> right. But there's something kind of charming about this. Yeah. Okay. But Finley's type is exactly the type of like very normatively attract normative in the sense like in a in a lesbian community sense, yeah. attractive person who just like can get away with being disgusting and uh-huh. never think twice about it yeah. and yeah. people are just like oh Finley and you're like that person has never showered yeah. and everyone's like oh, I love Finley so much like that is Finley's yeah. energy so this felt very real to me and 100%. the number of times like some hot cis blonde queer has like talked to me about something where I was like I really wish you wouldn't be sharing this but by all means you're gonna get away with it aren't you yeah um They'll like take really bad pictures of themselves and put them on Instagram in some subversive way. And I'm like, ha ha, some of us look like that all the time. Is this when Finley asks her to talk? And she says, it's too soon. Incredible moment. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And she's like, no. Yeah. She's like, it's too soon. Sophie's expression is so good. What a, what a great, what a great delivery of that. I really love that. When Sophie says it's too soon to talk about your feelings, it's too soon to talk about your feelings. yeah, Yeah. I think, I think that might be true. Um, speaking of talking about feelings, nice. scene is thank you so much. I've been working on that forever. Um, 
Nat also wants to talk. So Alice is like mournfully cleaning the house. She's like doing dishes and looking sad. And I was like, what has happened? And Nat comes in and is talking about how she slept with someone last night and she's very mm-hmm. excited. And Alice is deeply unexcited. <laughs> right. Um, she's trying. Yeah. But sort of like tries to play along. And failing. Not well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's interesting the way that uh, this God, the way we talk about polyamory in this episode is it's interesting because it's not like I fundamentally disagree with like the way that they're framing it. Like mm-hmm. I do think that like being polyamorous can be a part of your identity in a way that it's like unchanging. Right. I do think that like, I, I do think, I don't know, like it's just, but the, the weight that is, I guess it's because they feel like their relationships on the line, but it's just very interesting. I think they're talking about polyamory. Like it's a very new alien concept. And that's, what's bothering me is that like, I just feel like even if Alice couldn't be, like handle polyamory she would have like a reference points for it like mm-hmm. i just don't believe at this point in i mean we've even seen it i mean we've talked about this last episode but like i just like can't imagine a world where like alice doesn't has never tried polyamory with like people who she doesn't care as much about or or, or with jamie I mean, and tasha to, i mean she even has so it's like <laughs> but like even in the in the gap years that we didn't see like i just i'm just like and or had just so many friends who are polyamorous that like all like of the Shane. way that they talk about it, like it's, yeah, like it's this mystery <laughs> is just like very weird to me. Um, and also Alice asks Nat to shower twice before they have sex. So, you know, that doesn't, not a great sign. Yeah, right. she is just like not trying very hard. It feels like, like Mm-mm. we'll talk about this more later, I'm sure. But like, I don't think that polyamory is necessarily for everyone, but it doesn't seem like Alice is giving it a shot at all. She's just like, this feels bad and I don't want to do it. She's not communicating that. Like, yes. Actually, it'd be much better if she said this feels bad. Like, the problem is that she is, her her version of trying is not communicating. And one of the main things I would say about polyamory is you need to be communicating. And so, like, it's just, she's, I mean, it. This, that's very realistic to me, I think, is someone being like, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. And then just, like, silently dying. And it's like, that's not the way to handle this. Alice should be like, here are the feelings I have. Right. Like, also, Nat's already, like, sleeping over at someone else. Like, it just feels like they, they're really accelerating this. So, um, But it feels realistic that, like, Alice is probably still trying to figure out how she feels, you know? Like, this is their, her first oh, no. date. For sure, yeah. Oh it, oh, it totally feels realistic that Alice, like, wouldn't be good at communicating about this. I'm just giving her advice um, <laughs> from the real world that she, she probably should actually Free just, like, share her feelings. Yeah. Um, I screamed in the next scene. I also screamed. Shrieked. Um, Gigi and Bet are walking into a building, and that's not really important. What's important is that Gigi's hand is on Bet's back, and then she just fully grabs her ass in the lobby. Yeah. Uh, Unreal. Gigi is a really special person (laughs) to me and to all of us. Yeah. First of all, Gigi is very thirsty as a person. Yes. I really like that quality. Which I appreciate. Yeah. She wants to be as close to anyone she's in a scene with as possible, and I relate to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyone sharing my space, I'm like, let's sit closer. Put your <laughs> face next to mine. If you're hot. And then Bet introduces her as her girlfriend. Nice to see you again. Nice to see you, Rodolfo Nunez. This is my girlfriend, Gigi Gorbani. Which really uh-huh. surprised me, but also I was I'm already jarred by the experience of seeing Bet in like a normal relationship, like where she went on a date with someone and they're getting to know each other, and now they're like doing things together like and she honestly doesn't really seem that into it like I feel like (laughs) no and maybe again I'm projecting 
because I rarely have had relationships. I've had one relationship that just started with let's, oh, we met on a dating app. Let's go on a date. I guess we like each other. Let's start dating, you know? And the whole time I was like, wow, this is just very, um, I guess this is just what, this is just a nice way to date someone where there's no drama around it or like some sort of intense fallout. Yeah. I do like Beth's version of that is getting set up on a blind date from her friend who was previously in a throuple with that person. Like, <laughs> there is some let's, drama let's, here. There is, like, let's be, you know, a little bit, but yes, I, I also, it is also very jarring to see Beth that way. And, um, uh, Bet is introducing Gigi to Danny and her dad because of, because Gigi's a realtor and Danny's looking to get her own place now that she's moving out of, you know, her previously shared home with Sophie. Are there any couples on the L word that started with two people going on a date to see if they might like each other and then gradually building a relationship? Um, like Dana and Laura. Ah, yeah. Dana and Laura. That's a good poll. If I could ask a genie for one power in the whole world, <laughs> it would be instant recall of L word episodes. So I could participate in these sorts of conversations. Unfortunately, <laughs> my brain is Swiss cheese. So I have no answer to your question. I really think you should use the genie for something. You could literally yeah. be like, I wish that Gigi was a real person and in my bed right now. <laughs> yeah. Like, don't waste your what genie wish. You could wish for world peace. Yeah, or that. I think that's probably against the genie rules. In my head, the genie is like, I can't give you anything that will materially change your world or the world around you. It's a very like low rent kind of genie situation. <laughs> 24 hours with Gigi seems like it might not change that much. You could teleport... I always said if I had a superpower that I think invisibility would be ideal because you could just sneak onto airplanes instead of teleporting. Hmm, oh, but then you'd have to be on the airplane. And you have to just true. be like up against the wall yeah. trying to not get bumped into by the cart. I don't have that kind of time. You know, I just want <laughs> to teleport. To be, places to get. Places to be, things to do, people to see, normal relationships to have. Reese, that's actually a great segue into the next scene where <gasps> Micah and <gasps> Monty Bell... <laughs> My OTP. They have things to do, places to be, people to see. Micah's starting mm-hmm. a new job. Uh-huh. And Sophie's sister went with him for moral support. And uh-huh. Reese's OTP lives. <laughs> <laughs> she loves it. She's like, there's a coffee shop in the lobby. You should work here. I have interviewed at a place with a coffee shop in the lobby, and I agree that people should work there if they can. I mean, also the psych ward has a coffee shop in the lobby, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Micah's like very worried about whether his shirt is good. And (laughs) I really am obsessed with her shouting at him, like when, as she's leaving, being like, Micah, the shirt's great. Everyone's talking about it. They're definitely talking about it. Okay. That guy's talking about it. All right, bye. Very funny. And I really enjoyed that. She's so funny. funny. Yeah. Jinx. And like, she's really good at the like sort of making fun of you joke that doesn't feel mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. They're writing that sort of, yeah, like everyone's talking about the shirt or like it comes <laughs> back later too. Like she's just like, yeah. you're an idiot. But her and Sophie kind of have that in common. Like Sophie calls Finley stupid all the time and she <laughs> never feels like actually mean. It's just like, you're so dumb. Yeah. So I like that about them. Their family must be a riot. They grew up together in a very fun home, it seems like, with their mom and grandma. A lot of ribbing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Speaking of budding romances, (laughs) we go to Dana's. Dana's Hot and Tot Grill and Poker Palace, where um, Tess is very upset because Shane wrote her a check for $5,000, and she's not a charity case. And I think everyone's just normalized being a charity case. 
I think if somebody wrote me a check for $5,000, I'd say, thank you so thank much. You. <laughs> I will move on with, we're never going to talk about that. That's great. Especially if your yeah. boss is rich, you take whatever money you can get from them. I, even if you want to fuck them, so you want to be on equal <laughs> level with them, you're not on equal level. They're, she's your boss. So if you're going to fuck her, you have to take the realities of that. And you know what? Get $5,000 out of it because... Yeah. Your mom is sick. You need not? the money. Yeah. I mean... Shane says that and Tess folds immediately. Tess is like, right. Yeah. I was really worked up, but actually this is nice. I'm going to leave now. I think Uh, that was fun. I love them together. Yeah. The trio of like Shane, Tess and Finley at this bar is like, it's really good. It really works. It is really fun. Um, Finley continues to be horrible at this job. (laughs) Like she just doesn't have this in her, but that's fine. I'm glad that they're supporting her lifestyle. Yeah. Um, (laughs) So then Angie is sprinting (laughs) to find Jordy and she tells her that she has a sister and that she's really excited about it. And Jordy's like, well, when are you going to tell your mom? And Angie's like, I'm absolutely not doing that. (laughs) And then Jordy's like, okay, great. Well, I'll come with you to make sure you don't get kidnapped, which is like very sweet. Yeah. It's really nice. I would love to get some more time with Jordy and with Angie and Jordy. I know Angie's storyline this year is like not, romance than it was last year but i'd love i'd love to have a little bit a little bit more time a little bit more time with them yeah do you think angie knows that her mother is an experienced kidnapper her actual <laughs> mother but border yeah do you think that she knows that she's actually experienced a kidnapping <laughs> she's, before <laughs> she's, yeah, she's actually already been kidnapped in the past she was kidnapped on a drive bet porter drove her from whistler canada to uh southern california Bet and Tina don't feel like they have the best boundaries <laughs> so i feel like they have in fact probably told her about this I think they probably told her about everything like I wouldn't be surprised if Angie was like oh yeah uh, my mom's once fucked in an elevator during a blackout like, I would I would I think she probably knows a lot she definitely knows too much yeah or at least more than I would want to know about my parents situations yeah. um so back at Gigi being castle in the sky yeah thank you so much she's showing them like a massive Condo. This apartment is incredible. <laughs> it is enormous. It's so yeah. big. I just mean it's so big that it's like why call it that? <laughs> it's like the yeah. floor of a building. It's a mansion yeah. on the in a building. It's a bu- yeah. It's a it's a loft. It's a loft. It's it's a large. It's a penthouse. It's a penthouse. Yeah, I was briefly Wes Anderson's assistant, and the Same, and yeah. his apartment in New York was the only time that I've ever like seen a apartment that was more impressive than this. I as famously autostraddle for our first like nine months worked out of a penthouse apartment in the Trump towers because wow. I didn't know that I was in Trump towers. Yeah. Which is really, really cringe. But like our, our like COO for that period of time, like was working for a guy who lived in Miami, but had an apartment in the Trump towers that he never used. And it was wild and it was enormous and it was just a whole other way of life. And now Danny's going to get to experience it. But speaking of experiences that people have and other people don't have, we find out that, Danny speaks Farsi also. It's cute because it's like Gigi tells Danny, like my dad was kind of the same as yours. Like he Mm -hmm. wanted me to own stuff. He wanted me to like make money and be a homeowner. I don't know. Kind of weird, but fine. (laughs) Um, And they have like a bonding moment and then they all start speaking Farsi to each other and they're kind of like getting along, hitting it off. Like Danny's dad loves it. Yeah. Gigi kind of loves it. Danny loves it. I don't know. I thought it was fun, even though I had no idea what they were saying. And Danny seems to trust Gigi like at the end of it, she's like, okay. And in this moment, I switched my alliance and now I'm shipping Gigi and Danny. Yeah. yeah same. I think they're a better fit. 
Absolutely. And because there's like, because Danny's dad's being really pushy about her getting the apartment, like this apartment right now. Yeah. And Gigi like sort of like turns to Danny and's like, Hey, I'll do whatever you say. And it's like a really, it's, yeah, it's good. Gigi is so good. Gigi's incredible. At like adjusting to the situation, at like sensing what people need, at, at like kind of like feeling like she's very, she's good. Like she's obviously a great real estate agent because. Yeah. That's a lot of that is sort of like how to lightly manipulate people into buying properties and like feeling soothed enough that they trust you and like want to do yes. the thing you want them to do, which is buy a property. The only other yeah. thing is that it seems insane that Danny's dad wouldn't want to see like more than one place, but he's immediately like, let's just buy this. He wants Danny yeah. to like move on. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, I think we'll get to why in a little bit, mm-hmm. but um, one other thing I'll say about Gigi is just that like she's chaotic in a way that's like controlled chaos Mm, mm -hmm. and it is the best. It is my favorite type of person where it's like this person, like she is the kind of person who is thinking about like, whether it's a thruple, whether it's whatever (laughs) she's up to, she's like in her head, she's like calculating everything and very aware of everyone's emotions and very aware of her own emotions and then does the chaotic thing anyways. (laughs) And that is, I think how I live my life and I love to see it on TV in someone so hot when they talk about aspirational television that's what this is we're gonna <laughs> yeah. bring in the podcast to Gigi and back it's fine yeah. yeah yeah someone who is not in control of pretty much any situation in her entire life alice uh is playing foosball in her office um and is in a twitter fight with james corden those are my first two notes <laughs> mine, yeah alice, mine says alice is playing foosball and feuding with james corden so we both have the yeah. same just a normal day in la that's what yeah. it's like. I mean, I also beef with James Corden just not on Twitter because that would be embarrassing. Right. I just personally... Yeah, he doesn't know who I am. Yeah, but like personally in my brain, every time he appears in a trailer for a movie musical, which is all of them, <laughs> I yeah. beef with him. Um, yeah. She is dreading her meeting with Tom, who I find myself kind of loving, I must I like admit. Him a lot. I like yeah. him. I like these fish out of water characters they've introduced yes. to the group this season. Yeah. Like Tom and Carrie both being like, you guys are fucking weird. Because I think it's like, mm-hmm. it is a weird world. It's like very rich yeah. and very specific. And like, yeah, they're all lesbians, obviously, or queer. But like, yeah, I like these new, like more sort of, quote, normal personality types that yeah. are like, this is weird. This is how you live. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah, but right now, Alice is talking to Sophie about, uh, well, Sophie's pitching her uh, segment ideas, and then they pivot to talking about Nat, and we learn that Nat's date was with Marissa, the trans woman from the last episode, well, trans actress from the last (laughs) episode, or from the first episode. Um, And then Nat texts Alice saying, can I, like, see Marissa again tomorrow night? Which is pretty intense yeah because i'm just like isn't nat tired and i'm also like oh so nat doesn't want to like dabble in polyamory nat wants like several partners Mm -hmm. like if you're seeing someone like twice within three days it's like she wants like marissa to be her girlfriend and alice to be her girlfriend and that feels like i'm not saying that a monogamous person can't be in a relationship with a polyamorous person but i feel like Maybe not with that kind of polyamorous person. Right. Like that feels really challenging for Alice in the way Alice is. But Alice says no prob, which is because she does not know how to communicate. Well, and so. also she can't. I mean, I feel like maybe in a way I was in this situation and it's like I could handle being with the poly person, like just want to hook up with other people or whatever. Like that's fine. I can handle that. But like having full blown relationships with other people and kind of what this seems like with like Nat maybe is just like really into new relationship energy and likes riding that high. Mm-hmm. Like that, when I've done that, when 
when I've tried to have that kind of relationship, it's been incredibly difficult for me. Mm-hmm. And I also think that like Nat probably should have set expectations a little more or honestly should maybe take a few days off just out of respect <laughs> yeah. for Alice, you know, just because she's like trying to ease her into this thing that she's not sure about, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think this is a continuation of the thing from last season too, which is when Gigi and Alice and Nat kind of like fell apart is because Nat just like, I don't think it's malicious. No. But I think it's like, she doesn't really think about like, oh, I should set down like, this is what I would like. And this is right. what, and like, this is what that would look like for you. And how do you feel about that? She's like, it was fun to hang out with Marissa. I'm really into her. I want to do it again. And like, is my partner cool with that? Okay, great. You know, like she's just kind of like bowling through it, which I do get is like really tough for Alice. Yeah. It feels like Nat should be like solo Polly. Like it feels like she yeah. should be her own primary partner. Like, or she needs to be in a primary partnership with someone who is very much like has the same relationship to polyamory as she does, because yeah, it, you're right. Like she doesn't seem to want to like set ground rules or like really talk that much about it. And that feels like a, a problem for a lot of polydynamics. Right. And it's also further complicated by the fact that Nat has kids. And so when she goes out, Alice takes care of them and like, which is fine, yes. but also yeah. like that's, that is like, you know, that's that's another yeah. way of complicating it. You know, Alice is kind of in a weird situation there where it's where it's like yeah. not necessarily it's this weird like because it doesn't seem like Alice was like super into being a mom, really. And she never really expressed a desire to have kids in the original series or this series. So it's like I don't think either of them are doing very good right with this. <laughs> I think they're also, though, writing it in a way, I mean, I think based on the reactions and based on like, it doesn't feel like this is being written by people with a lot of experience with polyamory or with a lot of sympathy toward polyamory, Mm -hmm. like in a way that I find a little bit annoying. Like I just am like, why does Nat have to be this person who's like bad at communication? Mm -hmm. Like it just like it went to be, have been, I mean, I still think Alice probably would have struggled if like Nat had been good at communicating and that could have been like more interesting. I don't know. But this instead, it just feels like, oh, these polyamorous people are so weird with their multiple dates a week and and like not knowing how to talk. And, and like it just, I don't know, it feels just like a little bit, I don't really get why they're choosing to frame it this way, but um, it's fine. And um, Nat's certainly not perfect because in the next scene, as she introduces Micah to the new job, she's like, we were looking for someone just like you. And he's like, oh, amazing. Thinking she meant like someone who specializes in grief. Yeah. And she obviously meant, trans why didn't she just say that oh i mean why she absolutely wouldn't say that <laughs> don't you think i think like a cis like like cis person that like would totally just be like oh my god we're so happy to have you like you know with your experiences like would like the words trans would, would just like, dance around it yeah <laughs> for sure um it seems like a good gig though so yeah. that's nice they have a coffee shop in the lobby i've heard yeah they have a coffee shop in the lobby <laughs> i've heard about that coffee shop yeah, yeah. so in the next scene, Danny is like already signing papers. She's like back at the manor. Like, the manor, <laughs> thank you. She's back at the big manor. Some man in a suit, I'm sure, has handed her a pen. Yeah. Her dad like really wants her to sign all this stuff. He also wants her to date Gigi because she's quote adventurous and gutsy. Personally, I want them to date because they're both hot, but that's <laughs> just me. And then Danny's dad is like being supportive, but like in a kind of weird way like he's like I'll give you anything in the house that you want to like fill your apartment like I know you don't have all your furniture and then he's like also while you're signing stuff here's some other papers to sign (laughs) and they're like a will and like power of attorney and a DNR 
and a bunch of other rich people, I'm dying kind of paperwork, right? That's yeah. the thing. Yeah, at this point, it's, it was heavily implied that he's dying is was my takeaway. That is not where eventually I will think the story is going. Right. But at this point in the story, I was pretty sure that he was dying. And I was like, come on. <laughs> like, give her, her mom is dead. Her girlfriend yeah. fucked Finley in the green room. And then he, she ruined the wedding after they'd already paid for everything. Like, just give her a break. Give Danny a break. Yeah. Give her a break. Yeah. At least she has a ton of money, I guess. That's can help when you're going. I mean, you know, it sucks to have all of that and be poor. Sure. Right. I fully forgot that people could buy apartments when they were <laughs> when like like when when she was like signing it to buy it, I was like, Oh, she's not just signing a lease? Oh, right. People right. buy apartments. Yeah. Cool, right. It takes yeah. a little longer than that, but yeah. Yeah. Can't really process it day of, I don't think. It takes like a month. Yeah. Yeah. But I love TV. Yeah. Um, we then go to one of my favorite things, which is bet and art <laughs> and now with added Gigi. So it's really just a real dream for me personally. And both wearing great jackets. I want to say, of course, of course, I didn't like Bet's jacket. I don't remember it now, but I did write that Gigi and Bet are wearing great jackets and holding hands. So good for them. Her arm was 50% cuff. Oh, mm. I kind of like Which is that. a common, it's a common thing they do there. Whenever they look at bed, they think we need more in the forearms. We think more <laughs> fabric in the forearms. And then they wrap her arm like in gauze and they puff it up. You know, that's her style. Yeah. Something about um, Bet's costuming is like more on the arms, more on the collar, mm-hmm. more on the hem. That's yeah. the Bet Porter way. <laughs> more, 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 more. Any, yeah, yeah. Anything on like the edges of her clothes. They're like, yes, yeah, keep going. Um, and that's yeah. like art, 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 art. And I think Gigi's like, mm-hmm, but mostly is excited about bet. Yeah, Gigi's like, bet, 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 bet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Gigi's like, how do you know when abstract art is good? And that's like, does it move you? Does it change you? Like, does it catch your eye? And then Classic. and then Gigi's like, you catch my eye. And I was like, no, Gigi. Like, it gave me the same vibes as like, if I'm like showing a movie to someone and they want to make out during it, I'm like, no, you really, you didn't pass this test. Like, I mean, there's no movie that I'd rather watch than making out with Gigi. So to be fair, I think she can pull it off. But theoretically, like, no, like, show interests in your girlfriends, like interests, like, you know, get excited along with her. I don't know. That just, I think for bet and for me, I think that is like an important thing for someone you're dating to do. Like they don't have to have the same interests, but right. like, you know, do, like if you're out of thing with a person, like put some effort into like understanding, if not the thing, their excitement about the thing. Right. It's the difference between like when someone you're dating is, like when you're like rambling about something you're really excited about and they're like, oh, you're so cute when you talk about this versus like, uh-huh. I love listening to you talk about this. Like those are different right. vibes. And Gigi is yeah. very much doing the like, you're so hot when you talk about art. And I think Ben right. wants somebody to be like, I could listen to you talk about art all day. And it's a very yeah. subtle right. difference, but Bet does yeah. react pretty like weirdly. Yeah. yeah. The good thing is that Bet starts crying at art again. One of the best <laughs> things to see is when, when Bet has just, what's it called? It's in that one episode. The, in the Peggy Peabody episode. Stendhal? Yeah, I don't remember what the word is. Yeah. 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 When, when art, something, blah, blah, blah. Peggy Peabody says it better than I could ever, than I could ever say it. You, you know Stendhal? The French art critic. He went to Florence. He saw the Caravaggio. And he burst into tears and then he fainted. The work of art was so beautiful and moving, he couldn't withstand the impact 
the Stendhal syndrome. But I, I do think this is really when I'm like, they don't click. They just don't click. Yeah. You know, really and I feel don't. like Bet either needs someone like Tina who's going to like lap up her every word and like now Tina's an art expert too and knows the name of this dealer, whatever the fuck. Or she needs yeah. someone like Jody who is like going to just be sparring for dominance, right. you know, who's going to be like challenging her and pushing her. And I feel like Gigi's kind of like in between those in a way that's not really going to work. Yeah. But Bet is, I guess, lonely. Actually, Bet hates being single. Yeah. Bet's never been single. Um, Bet is really moved by an artist named Pippa Pascal, who I didn't have any recognition of, but we will hear more about later. Yeah, I know she's not a real artist in right. the real world. Right. But the way she says it, I was like, oh, am I supposed, again, I remind you that I have a Swiss cheese brain. And so I was like, am I supposed to remember this? Do I know who this right. person is? Um, anyway. What we do know from reading the news of, of the world is that Pippa Pascal is going to be played by Vanessa Williams, but there's more than one Vanessa Williams. And it's not the one that you're thinking. Incredible. So, um, Micah brings home pizza. <laughs> Just so exciting. Wow. And Maribel's there and Finley's there. And Micah's talking about his thing. And Maribel is so funny. She just like, she just sort of like prods at him about it or like pokes him about it. And it's just like, ask for what you want, you know? Yeah. Okay. I, okay, here's the thing. I really hate that. I feel like I'm the downer of this <laughs> podcast, but in my defense, I am trans. I, I just, uh, I have this note too. I think I just don't understand why it's framed oppositionally instead of commiserating. Mm -hmm. She's like, Oh, like boohoo. You were treated poorly. Like I wanted a pony as a kid. I didn't get that. Life sucks. And it just was like, okay, like, Mike is talking about transphobia that he experienced. And then later in the conversation, he like says that it's just, it's demoralizing. And she's like, no, what's demoralizing is like a white lady lifted me out of my chair this week. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I don't know why they wrote it to be like a contest between them instead of like a commiseration and making it be like, oh, like, you know, one thing is potentially worse than the other. Whatever. It just like, it just feels sort of gross to me and also just like ignores disabled trans people and it ju just like it isn't I just never like when identity is discussed this way and it didn't really feel like I like that Maribel is like someone who teases and like that's really fun and that banter is fun and uh, and usually it's really fun but in this scene I just was sort of like I don't understand why it's being framed this way yeah I I, I had that thought too like I have that in my notes yeah. too like it it's very fun to me to have a character like in Maribel, who's like, just listen, life is hard. And what you need to do is just kind of buck up. Like that, I can see that as like sort of being her personality. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But the few lines, Andrew, I think you're right. Like it just didn't need to be framed this way that we're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You think you have it hard, but I have it hard all the time is like mm -hmm. yeah. a weird line to draw on the sand. I mean, I think it's like similar to the things we've pointed out in some of these other like big conversations, like that being like, I want bonuses for white artists too, or like <laughs> bisexuality and polyamory are the same thing. Like trying to get into these bigger things in like a character dialogue way, like sometimes yeah. leads to them feeling a little flip and actually not handled the best. Yeah. Which is like in conversation, you might do that, but that's a real person talking instead of like someone who got written and edited and like, cut together a bunch of times, you know? Yeah. I think it reminded me a little bit of that conversation with Bet because I felt like the way they were framing it with Micah was like Bet was insulted by the idea that she would only be 
interested in BIPOC artists. And then they also wanted to frame Micah as being insulted by the idea that he would be helping trans clients. And I feel like that's like an interesting way to address tokenism. Like I didn't feel, you know, like I was like, and obviously I am the white cis person on this podcast. So my opinion matters the least. Um, They weren't like, they wanted to address tokenism, but I just don't think they did a very good job. I don't think they picked good circumstances from which to explore that. Right. Yeah. I agree with that. And it's just, I don't know, like, <laughs> I, it's like, because then Finley is like, apologizes <laughs> on behalf of all white women. And they're both, they both just roll their eyes. Yeah, but also like, they're talking about ableism and transphobia. Like, uh-huh. so I'm just like, would it kill them to use the word cis? Like, would it kill them to use oh, the yeah. word like, abled? Like, it just was like, that felt really strange to me because I was like, yeah, like, Maribel specifies that like, a white lady picked her up out of her chair and, and like, but it, it still just was, it's just, I, it's just like this conflation of otherness or just, I don't know. I was just like very frustrated throughout this scene. Yeah. And I mean, I hope as, because it's clear that like Micah and Maribel are going to like, you know, I don't know where their relationship's going to go, but it, it is clear that like, they're going to be paired together and maybe something's going to happen. So maybe it will be handled well. I hope it is. I just, I think there's like such a great opportunity to like show this like trans able person with this cis disabled person and the ways in which they don't understand each other, the ways in which they do understand each other by being like othered from this community. And and it's also something we really have never seen mm-hmm. at least like not a ton of. Um, and so I just like hope they do it right. And this scared me a little bit as like a starting off point. Yeah. Yeah. It is sort of, we're in like an era of TV that feels like not to get too close to being canceled on the internet, but like <laughs> that feels very much like it has to like moralize or like talk about representation in a way that's like, this is right and this is wrong. And it like, mm-hmm. yeah, we could have just not put this line in and it would have been a thing where Maribel is like challenging Micah on like, you're being kind of whiny about it and you haven't even talked to Nat. Why don't you go do that? And that's just like yeah. a slightly different conversation that like, colors their relationship as like one that is pushing each other to grow instead of like arguing about who has a harder day and like how (laughs) to win at that you know right yeah Yeah. well um speaking of (laughs) uh, politics and art and how (laughs) things sometimes the industry just isn't really made for people who aren't and white and abled and so bet is super excited about Pippa and is talking to Gigi and is just like so excited about it and is giving all this backstory about her and is like and then it's just it's very cute honestly like if Bet was my girlfriend <laughs> and this excited about art I would die this was very cute and they do like a really cute hug and Gigi is like do you want to go back and look at it again and that's yeah. like yes and they go and that was sweet yeah. yeah yeah back on the set of the Alice show Tom is talking to Alice about like how she met Nat, what their relationship is like, what they're doing now with being open, like why the thruple didn't work out. Mm-hmm. He has somehow zeroed in on exactly what is going to bother Alice <laughs> most to talk about today. <laughs> yeah. And that's what they're talking about. I think he wants her book not to suck. Right. Yes. Yeah, which I respect also. But there have to be other stories in that book that we could have talked about on today of all days. <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, he's just not helping the situation because he's very much like I believe that this like cis straight guy doesn't know a lot about polyamory. And so this all checked out. This felt like when I talked to like my family about polyamory and they're just like, so like, yeah. well, what? Right. And so like, it's honestly felt very like real to me uh, with Tom's reaction. Yeah. And then I was like, are Alice and Tom going to hook up? Like, right. I started to think that too. There was like a vibe. And I was like, I'm into this. Okay. I kind of am too. Yeah. It felt very flirty. I feel like they might do a thing where like one of them kisses the other one in a moment that the other that they're misjudging, you know, whether or not and mm. then it gets really awkward. Like that's what I'm predicting for them, but I also sense this like tension. But yeah, you're right. Like when I was dating someone who was poly, like I knew that if I mentioned it in any scenario besides like the queer community that they would respond with like some anecdote that was mm-hmm. like unrelated and about mm-hmm. how they couldn't do it. And oh, that's so weird and I'm like thanks for your input okay thank you (laughs) speaking of people freaking out about things they don't need to be freaking out about um bet gets home early angie's not it's like basically angie gets caught with about and has to tell (laughs) that about the dna test with a box of childhood photos she gets caught with family photos incriminating evidence no but here's the thing i liked i liked the fact that like I think Angie could keep some things. There's a difference to me between keeping something secret and lying. Mm-hmm. So I think once like sort of caught, Angie was like, I need to tell Bet about the 23andMe and about my like my sister. And like, so that, I really like that. But then Bet starts freaking out. Gigi arrives and is like, Angie seems right. <laughs> She's like very reasonable, but also I, I really like this because I really like when people are like, I'm going to say the the real opinion, not the opinion that my partner wants. Like, yeah. And then when Angie's like, who's here? Beth's like, no one. And Gigi's like, wow. So yesterday I was your girlfriend and today I'm no one. Oh, Jesus. That's not what I meant. All I meant was it, it is. It's really not a good time to meet her. Really? That's all you meant? Because that felt like a lot more. Okay, I can't deconstruct your feelings right now. I've never asked you to deconstruct anything of mine, let alone my feelings. Okay, you have a great day. Again, like, Bet doesn't like relating to people. Bet likes relating yeah. to art. She doesn't like relating to other humans. Mm-hmm. Like, if another human suggests mm-hmm. that they have an experience anywhere similar to Bet's, she just, like, yeah. rejects it. And Gigi's like... yeah. It's not unusual for Gigi, the other like non-biological mother of her children to suggest yeah. maybe these things are happening and Beth just like shuts it down. So again, it's not, this isn't going to work. You know, it's not going to work. Yeah. It just feels like they're dating because they think they'd be a good match in the same way that we thought they would be a good match. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's true. I mean, look, I'm really grateful for that. <laughs> and sometimes that's what a relationship is. You're really grateful for a sexual experience and then you yeah. really realize you have to move on. You're like, we had a great sex scene. Or like we had two great yeah. sex scenes. They've had a hot, beautiful yeah. time <laughs> and now they need to part ways, I think. Yeah, um, some great episodic stills came out of this. <laughs> but what Gigi says does stick with Bet because she tells Angie that she'll help her and go and like, go with her to meet her sister. So that's... Yeah. Well, like, Beth's gonna let her do that without her. Right. (laughs) No, but she might, like, try to, like, ground her or keep her... You know, she might, like, push back longer, so... Oh, yeah. Remember she grounded her and took her to the campaign HQ? Mm Mm-hmm. Were we ever so young? She also calls Tina, right? And leaves a voicemail. Presumably Tina. And leaves a voicemail. Do you think that every time she has a reason to call Tina, she gets a little bit excited? Yes. That was exactly... Like, she... 
pushed Gigi out the door. And then her first thought was calling Tina. And I was like, that you just really wanted to call Tina so bad. Right. Like immediately. I mean, every time she has an excuse to call Tina, a lot of people in my Twitter mentions are also really excited. <laughs> and you know what? I think that's great for all of you. <laughs> Probably when Tina comes over and bet like steals her sweater that she leaves on a chair so she can call her later and be like, I think you left your sweater on my chair. So you can come back and, yeah. and stare at me and not say anything. That's like trying to loan Tina books on the way out. But <laughs> yeah. Tina has to come back and re- yeah. like return it to her. Yeah. And then she's like, I need the scarlet letter back. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Tina's like, Bettina is over. And Bet's like, it's Tibet. <laughs> um, well, uh, speaking of kids working out their issues, um, Micah is seeing a client and then is talking to Nat about it and says that he asked the kid if he'd asked his parents about making a chemical transition, <laughs> which is, I've never heard that used before. I don't know if I'm... If it's because it's, I've always heard medical transition. I don't know if you've heard chemical transition and that's also a proper term. Let me know. I think it's like if you have like sodium and oxygen and like niacin in your body, they take it out and they put in like calcium and Mm -hmm. um, maybe Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. some sort of morphine. Is that a chemical? I'm just, I'm just saying sure. words, you know, and then it's just like, yeah. it's sort of like chemistry class and then everything goes into a I beaker see. and then it kind of bubbles up all over and then it's like, oh, it's a volcano and then you're a person. Yeah, I think when I was in chemistry class, yeah. I uh, read the Girls and Dragon Tattoo trilogy under my desk. <laughs> I don't actually remember a lot from chemistry itself. It wasn't really I wrote a poems. Kid. <laughs> yeah, that, that sounds right. I did a fun experiment where I made flames turn different colors based on Ooh. what element you put in the flame. Wow. I was kind of a science kid. That's cool. I memorized state nicknames and wrote poems. That's nice. Well, Micah confronts Nat about only seeing trans clients. And then Nat's like, you know, is like, oh, my bad. Like, I'm, you know, how embarrassing. That's on me, blah, blah, blah. So it works. I I know it's my job to, like, unpack this, but I'm honestly pretty tired. <laughs> um, but, I'll, but I'll do my best. I guess what I just want to say is that like everyone gets to like have sex and cheat and have chaos. And like, I know Micah has a little bit of that with Jose, but like the main screen time we've spent with Micah and Jose was like Micah explaining trans stuff to Jose. Then it was like Micah explaining trans stuff to his mom. And it was like Micah explaining trans stuff to his boss. And I'm like, what if Micah started working for Nat and then they fucked? Cause Nat's <laughs> clearly horny. She's got a very like organized schedule of fucking random people. Like what if that had been the storyline? Like I just am like, why does the trans character have to have every storyline be about oppression or navigating these things? Like, I mean, I guess if if my life was filled exclusively with cis people who didn't know a lot about transness, that would be what it is. But that's most trans people don't make their lives that way, especially like living in major cities and whatever. So I just it doesn't feel I think I'm just like, that's what I'm frustrated about. And it makes me honestly like despite fighting so hard for test to be trans and joy to be trans I like I sort of give up like in the sense that I'm like I'm sort of happy that they're not because like and I get that's probably what Jamie was thinking and it's frustrating to me because I actually don't think it's an either or I think you can have a character that like it's literally just like not that hard for like there to be a line here or a line there that feels grounded and realistic and specific um and while a character is still getting to like be a full person but apparently that is too hard for I think most writers rooms nowadays especially ones that are populated almost entirely by cis people and so it's like i'm so happy that we get to watch jamie clayton like have a character that is full and complicated 
And I just like, I know what Leo can do and he, he's like good in the scene and he's like, he's like good. But like, I just, it's just frustrating that I don't feel like he's necessarily getting the storylines that are like fun and can show what he can do and can just like, let him be like hot and complicated, like everyone else on the show. And, um, who knows where, you know, again, we, we are getting like, it seems like a future romance with him and Mari Bell. So maybe we'll get that. But I'm like, do I trust their ability to write trans people or disabled people? Like, not really. So I'm a little bit, I'm more like, I want to be excited about it because I really like both of the actors and I think they have a lot of chemistry, but I'm like, I'm also just like sort of nervous and exhausted. Mm-hmm. He does, again, he doesn't have to be like, it, it does, if he's not, I mean, we've seen that he is sexual, but I'm like, every character doesn't have to be a slut, but it is just like, let, let him be like, I just, anyways, I want the fun. We're about to get into a scene right after this. That is so fun. And is everything I love about the show. And it's just like, what if, what if trans people got to do that? Yeah. Yeah. And so what that scene is, is a Danny Gigi scene, our new favorite ship. Um, Danny arrives at Gigi's office to get the keys to her new home. And Gigi says, Hey lady. And I, it's so funny because actually like I have a few friends who, who like refer to me and refer to a lot of people as lady. And so, and it's fine when they do it. But I also like, sometimes people will lady me and it feels like, like a cis person trying really hard to like validate me in a way that I'm like, "Mm, I don't need that. Um, How do you feel about lady and the tramp? Famously about, about a T for T couple of dogs. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm 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 into that. Famously. Um also has erotic spaghetti eating, like blue swarm is true. I would I would oh my god, I would lady on the tramp with Gigi any day. <laughs> um but when she said hello lady, like I died. Like I was like, this is really doing it for me. Um there's like the top, top, top love triangle that's happening uh-huh. here is just mm-hmm. like it's so intense. There's so much earth and fire <laughs> happening and I'm just very into all of it. Mm-hmm. Yes, very earth and fire sign forward situations unfolding Mm -hmm. anyway Gigi's like here's the keys to your new place like you want to throw out the keys to your old place also I'll show you around the neighborhood which is beyond her job description as a realtor I'll say Drew and I just signed a lease and you know who didn't (laughs) ask us to be shown around the neighborhood our property manager oh Um, wow wait but is our property manager hot no absolutely he's not hot that's so disappointing oh right i forgot he's he's also a man you know some people's thing but not usually mine and i would like to say as i always feel the need to clarify that like hotness is an energy right it's not really about like a specific way to look it's hotness is an energy anyone can be hot if they have the personality for it like the beast in beauty and the beast great point thank you Um, he's pretty abusive but if that does it for you reese (laughs) Not I'm I'm not your therapist. I'm just your friend. Okay. So we can talk about it later, but it doesn't you know. do it for me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually referencing the television program Beauty and the Beast. It aired in the eighties. Oh. Yeah, you guys missed it because you were not even a fetus yet. Mm-hmm. I was there for it. I don't remember it, but I know that it happened to my mother watched it, and now she's gay. Well, that seems that's I mean, look, important I think work. That that's all we need to know. Um. <laughs> so speaking of throwing keys uh sophie gets home plops her <laughs> keys down and there is no table there honestly there was a lot of silliness to the scene but all of it really worked for me i thought it was so funny I loved this scene. like yeah and like and especially when sophie asked for red pepper and finley's like danny took that too like full yeah. cackle out of me like very stupid very funny we got pizza though mm. there's an upside okay can you pass me the red pepper please she took the red pepper you're fucking kidding. 
Really? Jesus Christ. Danny took everything. Yeah. Danny and Finley's just so good at like, you know, keeping it light, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, she's very like, we will figure this out. Like, it's fine. I know it looks bad. Right. Don't look over there, but we will fix it. Yeah. And I yeah. think that's good. I think also like with Sophie... Finley just like commits to, even though Finley's constantly like cracking jokes, like she's never like getting deep into her emotions mm-hmm. exactly. She still is like committed to acknowledging that the emotions are there and being mm-hmm. like, that's true. This must suck. Like, but yeah. here's a joke about it. Whereas like, right. something we had such an issue with last season with Danny was like, Sophie would be feeling something and Danny would just be like, I don't have time for that. Or like, I can't engage with that. Or like, move, you know what I mean? Right. Like, she was like right. so removed from that. And Finley doesn't deal with, emotions in a way that is like she's not great at this but she is like doing it which i think is cool of her yeah yeah and then we have a wonderful moment for me personally i knew that you would like this moment (laughs) which is they sort of like then they get get into it because you know everything is happening and finley's like i I thought i was doing the right thing you know like i thought i was saving you and then like finley walks out and then sophie like really quiet is like you did i thought i was saving you dude You did. Excuse me? Uh, nothing. What? What did you just say? Nothing. What? No, 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 no. no. You said something. What no, did I you say? I know. I heard it. What did you say? Anything at all? Say? I didn't Tell say anything. You saved me, okay? You fucking saved me. Okay, so you're saying something nice, but in a mean way. Yeah. It's confusing. Well, I'm confused. And that's the first acknowledgement we've had from Sophie since this happened, that she does know her relationship with Danny was bad and that Finley did save her from it, although obviously not in the best way to do so. The better way would have been, of course, for Sophie to tell Danny, I hooked up with Finley and also we should break up. Uh, But it's television and... And we're long past that now. (laughs) Yeah, we've gotten past that. Yeah, I also do want to say about this scene that I do think it was within Danny's rights as the wronged party mm. to take all of the material things. Absolutely. Like when I broke up with my ex and like, I mean, I also was like moving across the country, but I really just like left all of our stuff to her. I just was like, yeah, my TV's your TV now. Like the, everything's yours. And I was like, that just feels, I didn't even, I didn't even like do anything bad. I just broke up with someone, but I still was like, right. I, w- I ended it. You get to keep the stuff. I, and like, I don't think that has to be the case for everyone, but I think for me generally, I'm like, ah, yeah, this just seems like yeah. you're sadder than me. You keep the stuff. My only counterpoint to that is that Danny is much richer than Sophie. That's true. This is true. Danny could populate a brand new apartment with all sorts of stuff that is new and doesn't have the memory of Sophie, who she said she never wants to talk about again in her apartment. So. I don't think Danny's keeping any of this stuff. I think she's throwing it away, which, yes, okay, that's obviously. Uh, maybe she's taking it to Goodwill. But then let Sophie have it. Sophie didn't just break up with Danny, though. Sophie fully did not disclose that she cheated. And then they were about to get married. And the person she cheated with showed up there in a fucking hat. So, yeah. like, I think, Danny can take I think the red pepper. Generally, I would be on the side of like the person with less money getting to keep the belongings. But right. I, in this situation, I think the way that it was handled was bad enough that I return to my previous stance, which is person who the wronged party gets to keep the stuff. Fine. I won't argue this. But I hope Sophie knows I was on her side. Yeah. Wait, but there's one more thing in this scene, which is that Finley asked Sophie to forgive her. And Sophie's like, I don't know how. So there's like some 
we're like stuck kind of. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of people who have great chemistry. Nice. Um, uh, Pony Micah, play. Yeah, as well. Uh, <laughs> Micah, is, I think that, Micah is taking uh, Maribel to ride a horse because of the story about the pony, which is very sweet. And um, I did say in my notes, let them fuck. Ride Micah after. <laughs> so, you know, we'll see. We'll pony see. play. It's time for pony play. Everybody knows that. Everybody's at home and that's what they're waiting for. I think it's very funny that Maribel is like, I was just telling a story <laughs> from when I was a kid. Like this, like... I really relate to that. I say shit all the time that like people are like, oh, you really mean that? I'm like, no, I was just talking to hear my own voice. <laughs> it's such a proverbial thing. The pony, like right, ponies are what right. little kids want and don't get. It was right. like, and I felt like, I do <laughs> yeah. feel like they didn't really explore that enough in terms of like from a humor perspective, but yeah. it's fine. Yeah. Or pony play. Yeah. Speaking of wish fulfillment. Ooh. Nice. Um, That's a good one. Shane, Alice, and Bet take Angie to meet her sister Kayla. I love this for them. I love this. This, this is, is so really cute. fun. I honestly wish we could spend more time. I wish we could have like seen the conversation yeah. between Angie and Kayla. <laughs> what the but fuck? instead we like <laughs> instead we cut to the trio like be like talking about it and it's like that's fine. But I was like, wait, what are they look like they're getting along? I wanna spend some time with that. Hopefully she'll be reoccurring and we'll get more time later. But I was like, wait, I wanna get I wanna get inside. You're very much putting me in Beth's headspace right yeah. now because I, I wanna get inside and hear hear them. I wanna see what my daughter is talking up to her sister about. Also, Bet telling Alice to just like shut it down, the thing with Nat is also like just an incredibly typical thing for somebody who's never considered non-monogamy but probably should um would say to somebody who's like trying to see if that poly can work for them and their partner yes because i was just like well i can't really but mm." (laughs) they had witty banter yes no it was very enjoyable i always enjoy when the three of them are together they should have put like sound like in the fbi and shows that drew won't watch (laughs) where people are in the van and they're listening (laughs) on the headphones they should have done that yeah yeah you know, for this, because I, you know, and then we could have gotten both things at the same time. Yeah, that I could have listened to the trio, like responding to what Angie and Kayla were saying, which would have been fun. Exactly. Like Mystery Science Theater 3000. I'm happy for Angie that that bet wasn't eavesdropping on her, though. I'm going to I'm going to throw that out there. Yeah, that's true. I did get teary eyed embarrassingly when Angie was like, that's my family out there. I thought it was so sweet. Oh, oh yeah. That's so yeah, cute. That was really nice. They are. Was really nice. And Tina wasn't there though. Where's Tina? Tina was not there. Also, I thought it was very silly that Beth was like, they kind of look alike, right? It's like, yeah, they definitely do. They, they're related. They're related and they've been cast to specifically look alike. <laughs> yeah. Right. Tina wasn't on the call sheet this week, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> no, neither was, neither was Rosie. Yeah. Um, back to our horseback riders. Um, they are on the horses and the, the real takeaway from the, oh, yes, very majestic. And the real takeaway from this is that Mike is like, we should do this again sometime. Meaning like a date, not like ride horses. I think I, <laughs> unless that's just going to become a no, thing. It's riding each other like horses. Riding horses as a date is a very, um, important bachelor bachelor. Thank you, Reese. Yes. You knew exactly what I was going to say. Mm-hmm. Important bachelor <laughs> rite of passage. And if the mantle I have to wear is continuing to bring up like extremely heterosexual <laughs> media on this podcast, like that's fine. Yeah. I'm queering heterosexuality by watching The Bachelor, actually. Honestly, Thank you brave. so much. Yeah. Very brave. Um, anyway, I wish we could see all of the L word pairs on Bachelor dates. They could go to an <laughs> empty amusement park where a uh, mm-hmm. country singer you've never heard of does one song for them. <laughs> 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 Drive a convertible around Los Angeles and then go shopping in a really expensive store. They could romantic. That's the one I always want. Because um, you it like okay, oh, you don't get picked. Well, you have like 
$5,000 worth of great clothes now. Who cares about <laughs> right. man? Yeah. And when you go on The Bachelor or Bachelorette, you have to bring all of your own clothes anyway. So like if you get to go to on a mm. fancy date where you get a bunch of stuff, then that's fun. You get to keep, you, yes. you leave with more clothes Swag, than you yeah. brought. Um, right. Yeah. Speaking of clothes, Tess looks amazing in this next scene. Mm-hmm. Um, she's getting out of the car. She's walking into the poker game. She's telling two women who want to go to Dana's poker palace that it's closed for the night because they're doing a private event. God, those girls are so pissed probably about the lift and everything. And they're pre-partied. Now they're just going to go to Akbar. I was going to say that happened to me at wait that. (laughs) I was just about to say they're in, they're in a good location. They can like walk to some other bar. It'll be fine, but I would be mad. Also like, Mm -hmm. is it lucrative enough this poker game to shut down the bar for all night? Whatever. I don't need to get into it. I think high stakes poker is very lucrative. Yeah, that makes sense. All I know is that once I was going to the bar where they shoot Dana's and it was closed, it was closed for a private event. And me and the person I was with had to turn around and not go there. And then we just like walked around a park. Maybe they were filming this scene at that moment. No, this was in 2019. So you guys, Hmm. I think the last time that the three of us were in the same room was at this bar. Oh my God. Is that true? I think so. Because wasn't that like... I think that, yeah. It was like in true. February they had that... It is true. Wow, wow, Dana's. What a fun what a fun hangout for queer women in LA. I know. Are we going to Gigi Danny? Yeah. Still shipping. I'm riding <laughs> this ship all the way into the sunset. Yeah, this whole scene is excellent. One, I love how much information we find out mm-hmm. about Gigi. Yeah. We like get some family background that like her dad doesn't really accept her. She's super close with her mom. She mostly gets along with her seven brothers. So Gigi and Danny are on a date. They're like, well, they're not on a date. Is they're officially they're a hanging date? out. But then, <laughs> it should be a date. Yeah. But then a man comes over yeah. and starts flirting with Gigi. And she's like in Farsi. So I'm assuming <laughs> she's like, I'm a lesbian. We're here together. And then she does she say yeah, it in English? Yeah. Like we're on a date? Yeah. Well, she says to Danny, she was like, sorry. I know this isn't a date, but it's the fastest way to get rid of them. What was great about not having subtitles in this scene is I've many, as many people I'm sure have, have had this experience before. So I knew exactly what was happening. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Totally. We actually don't need to be speaking the same language. I know exactly what you're saying to that man and more power to you. We're speaking the same language and it is. Yeah. (laughs) And it's being asked if you can hang out with a guy while you're on a date. Right. No. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it happens so much. So still. frequently. So much. Um, so weird. Danny, I never use this word, but the only word I can use to describe Danny is shook after this moment. Like she's like, <laughs> uh. Right. Yeah. Well she, well, she says she brings up Bet because I think she's starting to feel guilty. So right. she's like, it's so nice that you and Bet are together. And Gigi's like, yeah, it's not going to work out. <laughs> and and Bet's just like, oh. Gigi's like, forget it. I want to know more about you. Right. And I'm just like, Gigi's so she's, bold. I'm, I know I just, the boundaries on this woman. She's like, you've wronged me once. Shame on you because I'm gone. I've moved on. <laughs> I want her so badly. I wish she was a real person. I do person. want her, but I also want to be her classic. Um, yes. Like same. the way that she's just so comfortable in this scene. She's like giving food to Danny off her plate. And she's like taking some of Danny's yes. food. And she's just like yes. fucking chilling. And I... I'm recently back on the dating scene. <laughs> um, and I'm realizing that I'm actually, I thought of myself as like a very smooth and like chill person, like gets a flirt in. Absolutely not. Post pandemic, none of that. And so I'm trying to channel more Gigi and leaning in and looking at someone yeah. and being like, yeah. I just want to hear more about you. 
like whoo the yeah, power yeah. of that line yeah. yeah something that i've realized that i do that has really started to work for me because i am a very anxious person is that I, I go into a date assuming it's going to be awkward or like i go into like a dinner with a new hot person who i want it to eventually be a date like it's gonna be awkward and so when there's like an awkward silence or when there's like a moment of whatever i just feel very comfortable because i'm not trying to prevent it from being awkward oh. and then usually the other person gets like a little bit because like it will be quiet and i'll just like look at them and smile and then like they'll get like a little bit like they'll like find me to be confident even though secretly in my head i'm deeply anxious anyways if you want more dating advice like this you'll have to listen to my other <laughs> podcast wait is this a date produced by autostraddle.com the website as well um but anyways Gigi and danny incredible yes. Also incredible, Tess and Shane, but not incredible. What just happened? Because this random old guy, I was why, so confused. Why I was, was like, he wait, allowed, men are allowed? And yeah, I was like, wait, I didn't. Straight men are allowed at this. Yeah, high like you no. sent those two lesbians to White Castle, but you're gonna let this random man in? Come yeah, on. terrible. Um, yeah, I we don't know what happened because Shane asks if Tess is okay, and she lies and says yes. She's clearly lying. Yes, I thought he was um, a cop. I kind of thought maybe like. Tess was doing something kind of shady for a set. Like I was like, oh, maybe mm. there's like they have some deal where Tess gets a cut. Like I was doing all kinds of the real thing that happens, which we'll talk about later. It sucks way more than that, but whatever. Yeah. Um, Speaking of men on the L word, yeah. Um, Alice is out to dinner with Tom, and they're kind of having a blast. Yeah. And I'm like, you know what? Is is the show gonna finally <laughs> let Alice be by in a way that isn't weird? Because that'd be great. Yeah. I really, I'm like fully on I love board. Him. I'm. I'm really excited. And then it was like, oh no, Nat and Marissa are there. And at first I was like, okay, you need to coordinate. Like there are, <laughs> and also are there three restaurants in LA? Why does this keep happening? I yeah. was so confused. Um, and then you were like, oh, but, she did it on purpose. Yeah, we find that out in a little bit. But before we find that out, they're like, like Tom talks about struggling to separate sex and emotion. Right. And, and they're just like talking about polyamory and the way that Tom would. Um, and then like, Alice sees that Nat and Marissa are like holding hands and she starts to have a panic attack and everything's like in slow motion and the sound drops out. And it's just like, Jesus Christ, like it's polyamory, not taking private Ryan, you know, it's like really intense. <laughs> but it's so, it's so um, hard to see the person you love, like with someone else in that context. I think if you're not Polly. Yeah, I guess I don't get it. I don't really experience jealousy. I mean, like when Tina saw it, that and like a carpenter hold hands at the art museum like it's like someone stabbing you in the heart even though it's allowed so it's different because it's not cheating so it's not like she's betraying yeah. you she's doing something you said she could do but i think it's hard which is why i would never do what alice did i would not go to the restaurant that's the thing is like but then right. the the unspoken even if nat has never laid down boundaries i do think the unspoken agreement is you won't sit next to me on my dates <laughs> like that just feels like yeah unless we've explicitly said to do that like you could just avoid that and save yourself the drama but alice doesn't know how right. to save herself from the drama ever no yeah. no very alice all of this is very feels very yeah. alice um i would have loved to see nat and marissa on a date though i'd also i'd love to know if marissa's trans yeah i'm just like okay so like we can only have a trans actress if she like looks like a high femme this woman and barely speaks like cool, cool, cool. right and this is her second <laughs> like, episode and she's only supposed to be in three episodes that's not a great sign. I was going to say like it would be interesting for Nat even to mention that to Alice, but I remembered everything and was like, no, it's probably better that she didn't. I mean, I would, I would love to. I just, uh. anyway, um, <laughs> it's fine. Um, also, I want to clarify that like if someone looks, it looks like when I say looks like a cis woman, I mean, looks like a cis woman to a cis audience that's watching and like 
there's no value judgment placed on that. It's just that in media, it is prioritized that a lot of the trans performers that get cast in things generally are people who look very, you know, all of our language is limited. And so it's like, I, I actually don't, like I was going to say binary. I was going to say like, look sis. Like I, and I don't really, Perhaps. I don't know. I like, I don't, yeah, but I don't even really like to use that. I just like, I, I sort of hate that that's the way that the discussion's framed, but. I mean, Marissa looks like a runway model is the thing. Like, yeah. Yeah. Regardless of like any... I'll put it this way. Marissa does not look like me (laughs) or like most of the trans women who I see in queer community. Um, Because I think like, I mean, I don't know what Marissa's sexuality is. As last time I checked, Jamie identifies as straight. And like, I do think oftentimes an aesthetic goes along with that. And it Mm -hmm. just would be really fun to see some trans dykes. Anyways, um, speaking of trans dykes, Shane is talking about making money. <laughs> um, and then we get the backstory, uh, or we get we find out what happened with Tess and that guy. So Tess like went to a back room to do some poker game business, and the guy followed her and groped her. And she says basically she sort of just waited for him to tire of it. So we don't really know exactly what happened and thank goodness for that. But Shane is very mad instantly and like ready to rip this guy's head off. Mm -hmm. And then Tess said she took money. So, okay. Remember last episode when I was like, Tess should watch Molly's game. Tess has watched Molly's game. It turns out because what (laughs) Tess does to get back at him is take a rake, which is like a percentage of the pot from, I actually have only seen Molly's game twice. So I actually don't really know that I'm doing this correctly, but basically it's like taking a percentage of the pot from like players winnings. And so she took, Mm. she's stolen $4,000 from the game, which makes the game illegal. Like if you are a person who is putting on the game and you take money back, that makes the game illegal for sure. Like gambling Mm. rules are different. Mm -hmm. I think state by state, but a rake is pretty much always bad. Um, Mm. Anyway, she says she took $4,000 from him, 2004 tests and 2000 for Shane. And she's like, please don't be mad at me. Please don't fire me. It was a one-time thing. I won't do it again. And Shane says that she wishes Tess had ripped him off for more. Anyway, I want these two to kiss a little bit. I do too. And I'm also wondering if if this is going to become a thing. Like, are they going to start taking rakes are we gonna are shane and tess gonna go to jail <laughs> i don't know are there, it's gonna be like hustlers or like or is it gonna be like yeah. monster you know yeah no. i don't right. think it's gonna be like oh, a. Oh, I don't. my guess is they don't start taking rakes from every game but like that this guy becomes a problem in the way that felicity's husband became a problem last season mm. right push him down That's the stairs my guess. honestly a small murder plot on the l word sure why not Ooh. they did so good with yeah. it last time <laughs> Yeah, they're really, really foolproof. Yeah, but isn't this one supposed to be about, you know, righting some of the wrongs of the first series? (laughs) I'm still so confused about the whether or not this game is legal because she says that taking a rake is illegal. So that implies the rest of it is legal. And also like literally closing down your bar for a private event that is actually a poker game feels like pretty risky business if you're doing something illegal. And bet would bet participate in the illegal poker game? I really don't think she would. I think it must not be illegal until the rake happens. Mm. Like they get a license for it or something? I don't know. <laughs> um, I think it's underground only so that they can keep it exclusive. I don't think it's underground because it's going to be like, mm. I think it's like, we don't want 
those two lesbians who were in the alley and now had to go to White Castle to be able to show up at the poker game, you know? Yeah. Um, Home poker games are legal in California as long as the host of the game doesn't take a rake. There it is. Hmm. There you go. We love Google. Thank goodness for Google. Um, Okay, so back at Nat and Alice. So Alice has finished her dinner with Tom. She's gone home to Nat. And there's like a funny aside about how the babysitter wears Nat's clothes and they should talk about that, (laughs) which I thought was fun. (laughs) But basically Alice is like, I can't do this. And she Mm -hmm. doesn't once again, communicate a ton, which made me actually pretty mad at her. I felt like there was more conversation to be had, even if you stand really firmly and like, I cannot do this, you know, but yeah, Nat is like, I'll stop seeing other people. It's you and me, like whatever you feel comfortable with. And Alice is just like, no, I can't do it. Alice is right here. Yeah. I thought she was, I thought she, yeah, she is right. It's being like, no, I don't want like, you don't have, I don't want to be with you if you have to like suppress. Yeah. I definitely think that she's right. No, 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 no. You're right that Alice should communicate about it. I mean, here's the thing. Alice, Alice has been in the right through a lot of this because I think the show is on Alice's side. Um, but also I think Alice doesn't communicate it well and doesn't handle any of these things well. And that's part of the problem. Yes. Mm. Um, cut to one of our famous end of Gen Q episode <laughs> I montage. Love a montage in an episode. Is this the first one of the season? We had like I think it we had the be. one where Danny was running and they she was seeing oh, yeah. driver's license. The, dri- driver's, the driver's license. license where we didn't get the bridge. But, right. Got I rewatched that episode and I was like, oh my God, I can't believe <laughs> it didn't what they really should have done is when it cut to the credits, the bridge of driver's license should have started. Every time I hear it now, I and since I bet you're with that blonde girl, I'm gonna think about Drew being <laughs> like Finley is the blonde girl. <laughs> um Yep. Speaking of Finley, in the montage, Sophie gets home <laughs> and she puts her keys down and they land on a table that Finley has provided somehow. I thought that was so yeah. sweet. Mm-hmm. Angie's looking at photos, Tess and Shane count money, and then we go back to Sophie and Finley and Sophie hugs Finley. <laughs> and they kind of like she kind of leans on her and, and and Finley's like, oh my God. Honestly. I think that Sophie should go be a badass producer and Finley should just mm-hmm. mind the home. Yes. <laughs> you know, absolutely. maybe do some freelance uh, move, moving. I was maybe she's just a mover. about to say she would be great as like a pair of hands in a moving company. Yeah, um, she could build furniture. Remember she said, uh-huh. Ooh, like Magic Mike. Yeah. I mean, I haven't seen <laughs> that's, it. That's my reference. You haven't seen, wait, have you seen Magic Mike XXL? They're different movies? There's two. Yeah, there's Magic Mike, which you don't have to watch. And then okay. there's Magic Mike XXL, which is one of the greatest movies Drew of all loves time. Magic Mike XXL. Everyone, okay. Everyone who has not watched Magic Mike XXL, you have to watch Magic Mike XXL. It is an incredible movie. I don't it know is if the I closest. can watch the sequel without watching the original. You, I mean, if you're like me and can't, then watch the original. The original's fine. It's fine. It's not a great movie, but you'll get through it. It's not bad. And then the sequel is... You don't have to see the original. They're very disconnected. But the, the sequel is incredible. And it's the closest, I think, that like we've had in the last 10 years to like, an old Hollywood musical. Not in like a La La Land like, trying to like copy the style, but in like our like contemporary, the same energy of just like, ugh, it's just like, like, it's just a positive masculinity. It's great. It's so good. You need to watch Magic Mike XXL. But um, we can go back to the L word where... Um, Gigi uh, is ignoring Beth's call post montage, oh, yeah. which is ooh, a well, choice. Beth, Beth um, has been Googling Pippa Pascal and finds out also that she has a studio in Topanga. 
Yeah. And then calls Gigi. Important. important. And then Gigi ignores the call because she's having such a fun time with Danny. Yeah. Probably the first person ever silenced a call from Bette Porter. Yeah. I bet. Besides Helena Peabody. (laughs) I bet Bette did not love that. Um, Yeah. And then they're just, they're hitting it off. And Danny's like, I had the best time tonight. This is so great. And then they pull up to her home and there are sirens outside. So he's getting arrested. Dun, not dun, yeah. 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 Yeah, for sure. And that's the episode. That's the episode. That's it. What did we think? I remember you telling me that this was your favorite episode so far, but I unfortunately have to say that this was uh, one of those Elward episodes where like, it was like a real, some Elward episodes, I'm like, this is a great episode. Some episodes, I'm like, this was not a very good episode. And then there's some where I'm like, well, half the storylines I really <laughs> liked. And so I really liked all the Gigi Danny stuff. And I'm like where some of the storyline other ones are going, but I was pretty exhausted by this episode, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I, I was a little disappointed and a little bit frustrated, as shown by this podcast you've just listened to. <laughs> um, but I'm not giving up hope yet. And if at the end of the day, all I get out of the Our Generation Q season two is a lot of like top for top flirting and sex. Yeah. There, I've spent my time doing worse things. I watched six seasons of Glee, like you know, I, I tr- recently. Like, I've, I've certain, yeah, like very recently, and so you know, it's, it's fine. I'm not, I'm not, I'm happy to be well, here. Well, there was no sex scenes, Drew. There were no sex scenes. I know there was, but but honestly, like when someone as hot as Gigi and someone as hot as Danny like talk, it's like basically sex, you know. Um. Fair. Well, so a thing that I'm realizing about me is that I will have my quibbles with an episode or a movie or a book or whatever. And then I, if I finish it in a good mood, I'm like, loved it. Oh my gosh. Amazing. (laughs) If it ends in like a way that I think is fun, I'm like, oh, incredible piece of media. And then over the course of like a couple of days, I'm like, wait a second. Actually, (laughs) this didn't really make that much sense. Or like when I'm talking with friends about it, like I, that book, Mm -hmm. Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo, I recommended it to like three (laughs) friends and they all read it and were like, yeah, it's like good, but what about this weird thing? And I was like, no, yeah, you're so right. I agree. <laughs> so um, I do still think that 202 is my favorite, actually. But yeah. I think that just like sort of drew what you're saying. Like there were some pretty rough, like rocky lows in the episode. And then there were some like really fun, gleeful things. Mm-hmm. And that is sort of like, I have to remember that I get taken by the gleeful parts in many things, not just in the L word. I'm like, Oh, that was great. Good for you guys. That's a great way to be. That's a great way to be. And, and honestly, this is part of the downside of like being a critic or like hosting a recap podcast is like, if I was watching this, like with a big group of friends and we were just like hanging out and watching the episode, the stuff that bothered me, like I might like be like, ah, and like whatever, but I would, also walk away with the thing is is that like the things that bother me i'm like writing down notes to be like well this is what i'm going to talk about on the podcast so it does impact my experience in because i'm my own best friend watching anything by myself (laughs) feels like watching with a big group of friends and so i just keep it pushing you know all i all i have at the end of the day is me and and my silly brain 
That's beautiful. Um, Reese, what did you think? Um, First, I have a question, which is like, do you think that you could just be a person? Because like I was once a person who like barely even knew her own sexuality. And I was watching The L Word and I was like, there's absolutely no way I can consume another season of this show without somehow writing about my feelings about it in a public forum. Like I couldn't I couldn't just sit there and have feelings about it and keep them to myself. I needed a platform to express them. Like, do you think that you could just sit back and watch the show and not and not share those feelings? Because I feel like for me, um, like considering just being a layman wa- viewer is probably not even possible. That's a really good point. I mean, what I think I could do is I could watch it and then be like, I have these takeaways. I'm going to revisit it and think about them for an essay. Um, but yeah, you're probably right. I probably would always be responding to the L word in some capacity. <laughs> that is where I'm being paid. Um, <laughs> not, that's not the important part, but where I'm sure. I guess the I guess when I watched Glee, I tweeted about it yeah and that i wasn't paid for that that was just the kindness of my own heart yeah that was i mean this pandemic that's fucking joy drew yeah thanks so much um but yeah you know i don't know i like thinking about things critically i do enjoy it i just get frustrated and i i get frustrated because i just like see the potential and i um know i just there's never been more trans talent like who are professionally working in this industry and have stories to tell and have uh, like just the ability to t- like to fulfill those stories in a way that's successful. And it's just always a little bit of a bummer to me when like we're stuck sort of making compromises in rooms full of cis people, as opposed to getting to like show the whole scope of who we are. And mm-hmm. it just is like, it's just a bummer. I mean, I think things have gotten so much better in the last five years and I think they'll get better in the next five years. And so like, I feel optimistic about it, but I, I, I'm not the most patient person. So I'm like, I just like, I would love for the L word to be, you know, where I wish it was, but it's not. And that's why we talk about it. And also we talk about it because it's fun and hot. <laughs> For the other characters, for the cis characters, and for the trans characters that aren't trans. Yeah. I think it was fine. <laughs> That's your take on this episode, <laughs> that it was fine? Um, yeah, I think I think it was it was mostly good. I think it's just, it's nice. It's really nice that everyone is getting mixed up with everyone else. Yes, you know? I really like that. That is fun. Um, I think, like, the, the only things I felt disappointed about so far is, like, I did feel disappointed that um, Finley and, and Sophie haven't had sex yet. Um, and I also I did kind of think that like they were gonna actually have Marissa be like a trans an actively trans character and after this I'm not sure if she is gonna be one I mean the bummer is that she doesn't even seem to be actively a character she's just like she didn't actually say anything she's like an extra which is right a bummer I think that actually is one of the things that I felt most critical about in this episode is like how much actual stuff is happening that we don't get to watch. The conversation between Mm. Angie and Kayla, the conversation between Nat Mm -hmm. and Marissa. I'm sure there's another one that I'm forgetting because things always go in threes. But like, I don't know. I was just like, we're just watching people react to something. But I think the more interesting story is in the thing that they're reacting to. Totally. Much like the original Luck Be a Lady, though, I think that, what's fun about this episode is that everyone is either single or in turmoil in their relationships. And so there's a mm-hmm. lot of friendship stuff and there's a lot of like fun drama and like people dating each other within this group of people that we like, thank God, you know? Right. Yes. 
Thank you so much for listening to this episode of 2L and Beck Generation Q, one of two podcasts brought to you by Autostrada.com. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at 2L and Back, and you can also email us at 2L and Backcast at gmail.com. Don't forget, we also have a hotline. Yes, it still exists. Give us a call, leave us a message, or just give us a piece of your mind. You can reach us at 971-217-6130. We also have merch. Head over to store.autostraddle.com. There are Bet Porter for President t-shirts. There are two Ellen Beck stickers and lots of other simply iconic Autostraddle merchandise. Our theme song is by the talented B. Sedwell. Our brand new two Ellen Beck Generation Q logo is by the incredible Jackie Co. Jackie is so, so talented and you should definitely go check out her work. I've linked her website and socials in the show notes. And definitely let us know if you want us to make stickers of the new logo because I think those would look pretty sick. This episode was produced, edited, and mixed by me, Lauren Klein. You can find me on Instagram at Lauren Taylor Klein and on Twitter at LT Klein. You can follow Drew everywhere at Draw Gregory. That's Drew in the present tense. You can follow Annalisa on Instagram at Analoka with two A's and on Twitter at Analoka with one A and an underscore. You can follow our in-house Elward Savant and living legend Reese Bernard everywhere at Ottawin. Autostraddle is at Autostraddle. And of course, the reason why we are all here, Autostraddle.com. Okay, so sticking with the trend of last week with our now full of intention L words, we are going to end this episode with an L word that describes what we thought of this episode. So Drew, Reese, and Elisa, what are your L words? My L word is listening. I want to listen to more characters and I want more characters to listen to each other. Great word. Nice. My L word is labor because if the emotional labor <laughs> that it takes to uh, to be a trans person in media. Mine is Lady in the Tramp. Nice. Incredible. A great a film about love and pasta. And a T for T dog relationship. <laughs> Yes, that is now canon, as I've said. People don't like it when I say things are canon when they're not canon, but it's Anything canon. can be canon if you try hard enough and believe in yourself. If, if, you, if you will. It. That's yeah. what canon means, just willed into being. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. yeah. That's the message. Okay. Well, bye. Well, I, 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 feel, like, I, I feel like I really brought us down. But, um, but you know, sometimes... Like did you or did the you, show? Were, were you silent or silenced? <laughs> Great point. Um, okay, well, I love you guys. I love you guys love too. Love you guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.